Welcome to Skim This. Well, a shorter Skim This for the holiday weekend. On today's show, we're breaking down the week's major headlines, including an update on the tragic mass shooting at an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado. We're also talking about a historic climate change agreement and a potential rail strike that could dump some coal this holiday season. And later, if you followed the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster drama, we're explaining what happened and the potential fallout in 60 seconds. We're here to help you head into the holidays smarter and less overwhelmed. I'm Alex Carr. Let's skim this. Let's start with some headlines from the week's news and give you some context on why they matter. First up, there was a moment in time where I, I feared I was not going to make it out of that club alive. Um, and I, I, I have never prayed so sincerely and quickly in my life as I did in that moment. On Saturday night, a 22-year-old gunman opened fire on Club Q, an LGBTQ plus nightclub, killing five people and injuring at least 25 others. Witnesses describe a terrifying scene as the gunman entered in body armor with two legally purchased weapons, a long rifle believed to be an AR-15 and a handgun. Officials say at least two club patrons intervened and stopped the shooting before the police got there and saved potentially dozens of lives in the process. And our community has been devastated. This week, as people around the country grieved, Our spirits are dampened. Authorities charged the gunman with five counts of murder and hate crimes charges on Monday. President Biden also condemned the violence and doubled down on his call for a federal assault weapons ban. This attack is the latest horrific act of violence against the LGBTQ community in one of the community's safe havens. Club Q is one of a few queer-friendly clubs in the historically conservative part of Colorado and it's been described as the go-to for pride. Saturday's attack also brought up the painful memories of the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida in 2016, which was then the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history. And what happened in Colorado Springs comes on the heels of anti-LGBTQ plus legislation being introduced around the country. In fact, more than 300 anti-LGBTQ plus bills have been introduced this year. Now, this attack in Colorado Springs, which happened on the eve of the Transgender Day of Remembrance, has left the LGBTQ plus community in mourning amid a rise in hate and violence. For our next headline, we're turning to some major news that could put the U.S. economy on ice this winter. Breaking news right now, we may be on our way to a rail strike. CNN is reporting that conductors represented by the nation's largest union have rejected a tentative labor deal. The TLDR is we could be moving closer to a nationwide rail strike before the December holidays. Since earlier this summer, 12 railroad unions representing 115,000 workers across the U.S. have been negotiating for better pay and more time off. Workers say their current policies discourage sick leave and family time. The unions have been trying to reach a deal for months. And on Monday, one of the largest rail unions in the U.S., Smart TD, 
delivered a huge blow to rail companies and rejected a deal brokered by the White House. This deal reportedly contained the largest pay increase for rail workers in 40 years, but left a lot of the old policies around time off in place. So what does that mean for us? Well, a railroad strike would cause gas prices and the price of imported items to go up. And it would put a strain on the food supply because many of America's crops and fertilizers are transported by long distance trains. And one more thing, your Black Friday shopping orders might be delayed too because the United States Postal Service uses freight trains to ship packages across the country. Industry officials have estimated that a strike would cost the economy as much as $2 billion a day, making recession whispers a lot louder. As for what happens next, they've got to reach a deal by December 8th to avoid a strike. But there is another way to pull the emergency brake. Congress actually has the power to intervene here, because a law from 1926 allows Congress to impose a contract on rail companies that would block a strike. Though right now, whether we'll see a strike, a deal, or a congressional intervention is still anyone's guess. And for our final headline, we're heading to Egypt, where the UN's climate conference COP27 came to a close this weekend. So we're checking in for a progress report. Today, a historic step forward in addressing the effects of climate change in the developing world. An agreement decades in the making, a global fund to compensate poorer countries suffering climate disasters. Over the past two weeks, negotiators from nearly 200 nations have been at the conference in Egypt, figuring out what steps we can take globally to address climate change. The biggest and kind of only victory from COP27 comes for victims of climate catastrophes. After a year of unpredictable weather and catastrophic flooding, the U.S. and the EU both agreed to establish a $100 billion fund that would support recovery efforts for nations who are vulnerable to climate disasters. It's kind of a big deal that the U.S. and the EU signed on, because the climate impacts in question are disproportionately due to emissions from wealthy industrialized nations. But it's the less wealthy countries who bear the brunt. It's not exactly clear yet how the fund will operate, but climate change experts celebrated the milestone. Still, this was kind of a lone breakthrough, because countries didn't make progress on addressing the elephant in the room, lowering carbon emissions. World leaders didn't sign off on more ambitious targets for emissions cuts, and scientists say that's a pretty big L. If you had Taylor Swift tickets on your holiday wish list this year, you might want to think twice. I was ready to buy tickets, and when I submitted my code, I got an error. It said my code wasn't right. I tried everything, but it just wasn't working. I am pretty sure that as a seventh grader in 2004 with a MySpace and nothing but gumption, I wrote better HTML and code than Ticketmaster is writing today in 2022. When you finally do get tickets into your cart, you hit submit payment and Ticketmaster freaks out and comes up with an error that says, it's not you, it's us. The funniest thing is Ticketmaster gaslighting us, being like, we had no clue this many people would be buying tickets. You know how many pre-sale codes you sent out. We're talking $750 a ticket for down here. Thanks Ticketmaster for being awesome. 
There's a lot of bad blood between Taylor Swift fans and Ticketmaster. After millions of Swifties tried and failed to get presale tickets to her Eras tour. In fact, the presale was such an epic fail that it even got Congress's attention and the Department of Justice. So, uh, what exactly happened here? We'll explain in 60 seconds. One week ago, Ticketmaster launched their fan-verified presale for Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. And for people that did get access, it was pretty much a shit show. From the start, fans complained about website outages, app crashes, and super long wait times. It was so bad that Ticketmaster admitted their systems had issues keeping up with the high volume of people wanting tickets saying unprecedented traffic and bot attacks took down parts of the site. Despite the chaos, Ticketmaster and Taylor cleaned up and sold over 2 million tickets, a record for an artist in a single day. Then the company canceled the general public sale that was supposed to happen last Friday. So when your sister asks why you weren't able to snag tickets, here's what you can say. First, there was unprecedented demand for this tour and that meant low inventory and high prices. And second, kinda like our exes, Ticketmaster couldn't take the heat and broke down when we needed it most. As for who's getting the blame here, well, people have been looking at both Swift and Ticketmaster. Some commentators have pointed out Swift could lower her ticket prices in the first place or take several actions like limiting resale tickets to weed out scalpers and bots. And others say Ticketmaster is at fault here, because a lot of major concert venues have an exclusive partnership to use Ticketmaster. So consumers and artists aren't really given a choice but to use the sometimes faulty platform. This even prompted Senator Amy Klobuchar to write a letter expressing her concerns about the company. And Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted out that Ticketmaster is a monopoly. She's making that accusation because Ticketmaster joined entertainment giant Live Nation back in 2010, and together they hold about 70% of the ticketing and live events market. Now, Ticketmaster and its parent company are coming under legal fire. Because last week, in the middle of all this drama, the Justice Department opened an antitrust investigation into Live Nation, which is actually the second time the DOJ has looked into the company. Whether Ticketmaster can survive a DOJ probe or the anger of a million Swifties is still TBD. But it's safe to say the music world will be watching. How'd we do? Want us to skim a question from the news? Send us your suggestions to audio at theskim.com. And to close things out, it's that time of year again. And now, based on their temperament and commitment to being productive members of society, I hereby pardon. I hereby pardon. Yes. I hereby pardon chocolate and chip. On Monday, President Biden issued pardons to chocolate and chip, two turkeys from North Carolina. It's chilly outside, so I'm going to keep this short. Nobody likes it when the turkey gets cold. The tradition of the turkey pardon formally dates back to 1947, when Harry Truman was president. And some historians say 
it goes back even further to Abraham Lincoln. But in case we forgot, it's 2022. And the president had a reminder for us about how different these past few Thanksgivings have been. Two years ago, we couldn't even safely have Thanksgiving with the large family gatherings. Now we can. That's progress, and let's keep it going. You picked two great turkeys. From the Biden family to all of yours, happy Thanksgiving. And from our Skimness family to yours, have a great Thanksgiving. We'll be back in your feed with a regular episode next week. Thanks for listening to Skim This. This podcast was skimmed by me, Alex Carr, along with our producer, Will Livingston, and our associate producer, Blake Lou Merwin. We had additional help this week from Alicia Key. This episode was engineered by Ellie McAfee-Hahn and Andrew Calloway, and the Skim's head of audio is Graylin Brashear. Skim This will be back in your feed again next week. Until then, check out The Skim's other podcast. It's called 9 to 5-ish, and it's where we talk all things career with our founders, Carly and Danielle. You can find it wherever you're already listening to us.